0: After that feller in the tavern exploded, I fetched the deputy. And then, what did my eastern companions want to do? They wanted to go shopping. Ugh. What kind of lawmen are they? But, they're all we've got out here. So, hopefully, we can get to the bottom of this here quandary. Don't know what's happening around town. But maybe we can ask some questions and hopefully solve this mystery plaguing Fillmore's Crossing.
1: I guess right now, uh, you guys are just kind of congregated, uh, around the well in the town center and you've finally met back up with each other again. And, uh, so yeah, what do you, what do you guys want to do? What, uh, what are you guys thinking? I know that you found out a lot of new information last episode. And so,
2: well, I walk up in my garish clothing,
0: (laughs) gentlemen,
3: looking, uh, looking spiffy there. Good
0: hell, Tom! What? What are you doing dressed up like a like a turkey on Sunday? I suddenly get extremely
2: self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What's wrong?
0: You don't like my outfit? It's just, it's it's a. Uh, I, I I'm sure the ladies will like it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey, pay him no mind, Tom. You look fantastic. Uh,
1: Boris actually looks over at you and he goes wish I could have got to get what I picked out and kicks the dirt a little bit (laughs) and I just
0: kind of look at Boris with a slight glare like you know uh, you know I did the right thing
2: (laughs) I just swung by the cemetery there's a interesting fellow down there that takes care of the Oh and one other thing I noticed is that there's a large mausoleum in the center with Fillmore on the on the label.
0: Yeah, they're they're mighty rich. Uh of course they gotta be buried better than the rest of us. It just seems like he really owns this town. Absolutely. Mr. Fillmore and his daddy and his granddaddy before him have always been very important men in this town.
3: So Igmet, uh what what is the the crossing thing about. What was exactly crossed to to make this Fillmore's crossing.
0: Oh well uh crossing the desert uh you know go coming out here so far and uh crossing the the mountains. You see the mountains around around the town. Uh it was it wasn't an easy feat, uh before the trail busters came in. Um but it's, it's been successful, and they've got a mighty big Mithril mine down yonder. That's what the town is about, is mining
1: Mithril? Correct. And one of the things... Uh, so why don't you, uh, both Tom and Falk, roll me an Arcana check, please. All right. Uh, it's
3: an 18 on the die. I'm just looking up my, my sheet. Um, plus five, so uh, 23.
1: Okay. And what did you get, Tom? 18. All right. So both of you guys immediately remember that uh, the the anti magic assault armor that they equip agents with uh, when they're going to go and raid certain buildings and things like that is made out of mithril because mithril is one of the best metals for repelling magic. Okay.
3: Well, yeah, it's like that. Uh, mithril's the anti magic stuff, if you remember from the from the academy.
2: I was just headed over to the church to talk to pastor and you see me stop for a second for a breakfast
3: yeah you did it buddy
2: I smirk <laughs> care to join me
3: uh, you go down there um, I'm gonna check back in with uh, the deputy over at the at the pub and um, see if he's gotten anything else out of the miners there
2: I heard of a good spot to eat it was um I don't know what it was <laughs> <laughs>
3: There's only one place to eat in the fucking town. It's the inn where we were when the guy exploded. Remember, you were there.
1: What did the guy tell me? You were kind of
3: out of it, though. You told you the Crossing
1: House Tavern and Inn, the place (laughs) that you were when the guy exploded. Oh. Remember he got green
3: and queasy as soon as he uh, told you that?
2: Wait, you mean the Crossing House is the place where we're staying?
3: yes yes it is oh. so we might want to give him a chance to clean the plates before we try to dine there
2: tom can't
0: you read
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> of course i can read what, what do you think a priest who's trying to talk about the word of the lord can't read of course i can read i just i just uh, uh, i gotta go i gotta go talk to the pastor and i head off
1: uh boris <laughs> uh boris follows hot on your uh on your trail
2: I turn my I, I I look over my shoulder and I just say, nice outfit.
1: Yours is better.
2: And I've got my priestly garments bundled in my arms, so they're visible. So when we walk in the church, uh, I think it's uh, going to be clear that I, I am a religious man.
1: Yeah, Um. so the the church, Vernie, is quite large. Um, it's one of the other uh buildings that isn't made out of wood this time this building is made out of stone and mortar and it stands rather tall there's a tall um there's a tall steeple with a bell in the tower and then large wooden iron banded doors um that are one of them is currently propped open and you can kind of peer inside and see all of the pews and how does it stand up against an imperium church um it's it's not as nice. Um, there aren't any. There aren't any stained glass windows or anything like that. Uh, the windows are just regular glass, which is still expensive to bring out here. You would know, In- Igmit, but uh, mm. Tom, you would probably also assume that it's uh, pretty expensive to get glass out here. But it's not as fancy at all. The uh, the pews are made out of um, what look to be a lesser quality wood. And uh, the preacher up at the front of the church, he's wearing a, he's wearing a low-topped, uh, large-brimmed black hat with a, with a black buckle around the, around the top of it. And he's wearing um, a black shirt with a tall collar on it. And uh, he's just got a silver, um, is it a bolo tie? The like the strings in the weird like buckle,
0: yeah. That's a bolo tie,
1: okay. Yeah, and he's got a bolo tie on, and he uh looks up and he goes, Well, how there. I'd like to observe about how old he might be. Um, he seems to be maybe mid 30s, he's got a he's got a night a neatly trimmed beard. Um, you can tell though that. His beard ends just a little bit before his hat, and you don't think that there's any hair on the rest of his head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you bastard! You gave him a high voice. <laughs> All right, I uh, I head up the aisle and approach him.
1: Oh, I don't run too much into into people uh, that uh, it, well. Pardon my manners. I. Man, it is, it is mighty fine to see somebody that is also a worshiper for Ernie. Oh, my goodness. This is... Wow. Man, another, another preacher of Ernie in my little town. Ta- oh, man. I, I'm Brandon Breakfast. Nice to meet you. I share the sentiment,
2: and I uh, shake his hand. How long have you been preaching in this town?
1: Well, let me think. Uh, I'd say that... Uh, I'd say that Pete died maybe six years back and they, uh, they sent me from Kensington. <clears throat> so maybe five years, give or take.
2: Where were you before that? How long have you been preaching?
1: Uh, since I finished seminary at 20, I um, spent most of my time, uh, under, uh, you ever, you ever heard of Percy, uh, Percy, uh, Channaman uh, <laughs> runs a runs a pretty big church outside of... or runs a pretty big church there in Kensington and uh, worked under him for a while and then they sent me out here. Like I said,
2: in your experience, whether here or before, have you ever seen anything like what you've experienced in these recent events?
1: Y'all got a lot more. Um, let's call it control, uh, up in that imperium. And so, lots of weird stuff happens out here, my friend. And so, I mean, nothing quite like this, but I've seen, pardon my language, some shit. Anything involving vampires? Um, yeah, I heard about a coven um, from Two Rivers not, not that long ago. Uh, infiltrated was sucking people was sucking people blood um, in the middle of the night, but that was nigh on a decade ago. Why do you ask?
2: We're just doing a standard investigation here in town. Uh, what uh, What do you know about the grave digger?
1: Oh, Dusty? He ain't bad.
2: Have you personally seen
1: any of the recent uh, bodies he's buried? Um, I mean, if you can call some of them bodies, but I have. Have you
2: handled them yourself?
1: I have, yes. Prepared burial rites on all of them.
2: Did you ever notice a change in their physique, in their build, in their muscles? You know,
1: come to think of it, yeah. Um, the ones that was still, uh, that was still together... And he kind of does air quotes um, at you. Uh, They were heavier, definitely.
2: You see, we were just at the saloon and I witnessed a man, if you can call him that, rip another man's head off. I can only imagine what kind of strength that would require. What I'm trying to understand, being a man of experience such as yourself, is whether you think that could be supernatural Perhaps by possession, which I have heard stories. Or vampiric, which is another thing entirely. Or if there's something happening to people's bodies. Perhaps an infectious disease or something.
1: You think... Do you think we're dealing with demons?
2: At this point in the investigation, I wouldn't be surprised by anything.
1: Well, if you need any help with anything let me know i'm I'll be glad to help you.
2: have you spoken with any of the afflicted
1: no um Elmer made quite the fuss about taking in ingrid as it was um, ingrid yeah his wife she uh well she attacked their three children, killed all of them
2: she's she's still alive
1: she is she's in the jail cell um Pete managed to Pete managed to talk down Elmer to the point where he he basically made it seem like that'd be the safest place for her.
2: Does she have a sound mind right now?
1: I ain't been in there to speak to her. I'll tell you what, though, uh, I don't envy that young lass. She ain't had an easy time since she came in here.
2: Into Fillmore's Crossing?
1: Yeah, she, uh, she comes from two rivers ways north of here, uh, you follow the mountain range, and it's a, a way in...
2: How long ago was the first event?
1: Of people hurting each other, maybe two weeks ago.
2: And do you recall any change in the town, any newcomers, Any anything that was strange between normality and when the events occurred?
1: He thinks uh, for a second, and kind of strokes his beard for a minute and he goes I mean I know that there's been kind of a a rift between Lucius and his mom since um since he took over the store but that was seven eight months ago
2: I have one more question for you and I pull out a slip of paper from my pocket tell me if you've ever heard such a thing as this From the crossing, from the origin, we cannot tarry,
1: for the fire breathers will walk again. His eyes get kind of wide for a second, and he, uh, he goes, do you think that, that that could be related to, no, that, demons don't breathe fire, they live in it, huh?
2: How about this one? And further down the paper, across the river, across the stream, from the abyss is born new fiends obscene.
1: I mean, that one makes more sense just because, yeah, I mean, yeah, demons come from the abyss. Everybody knows that.
2: Do you think that the river or the stream could be a physical location?
1: There's a mountain stream that Flows into a small lake near the mine. Maybe there? Perhaps.
2: We'll have to go investigate. I thank you for your time. I may be back to ask you more
1: questions at a later date. You gonna be by Sunday for worship? I'd love to have a guest preacher. It
2: would be my honor.
1: He, uh, he, like, deeply tips his hat to you and, uh, goes back to kind of cleaning up the church and things like that.
2: I think I'm done here.
1: All right. So what? Uh, what are Falk and Igmet doing?
3: Like I said, we we go back to the the Crossing House and um, meet back up with uh, Deputy Portnoy. And yeah. Um, so
1: when you guys walk in, you see Andrea, the the daughter of Polly. She is on her hands and knees and she's scrubbing um, the floors. They've moved. The majority of the tables outside of the uh, building at this point and there's an incredibly pretty woman that looks like she's maybe five or six years older than andrea and she is outside and she's got buckets of of uh water and she's currently trying to get these these tables cleared um and cleaned off out in front of the crossing
3: house Oh well, uh, hello there. Um, I didn't see you earlier. Um, I'm Falk. She uh,
1: holds out her hand and kind of sweeps her blonde hair behind her ear. And uh, she's got very soft features, but you can definitely tell that some of her features are the same as Polly Jorgensen. And uh, she goes, I'm Sylvia. Um, I'm I'm Polly's oldest daughter. I was taking care of Prentice this morning.
3: Well, I'm sure you heard, uh, what happened here and and kind of seen the the aftermath. Um, hopefully it's not, uh, too much trouble to clean up. Uh, there wasn't really much that could be done to ameliorate that, uh, situation.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, we don't, we don't hold nothing against y'all. Y'all are Y'all are our saviors, we understand that. And
0: um, I kind of interrupt uh, Faulkner. and Missy, when's lunch?
1: Um, we, we, I mean, in, in, a, in a couple of, I, we haven't gotten around to preparing anything. I, I'll go ask my mom and she looked kind of sheepish for a moment and
3: uh, and kind of runs inside. <laughs> I kind of t- turned to, I kind of turned to Egbert with this look on my face, like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't, don't get distracted now with these pretty gals. You have plenty of time for that afterwards.
3: <laughs> Those very important questions I had for her.
0: Oh, I'm sure. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Well, uh, well, come on, let's go talk to your friend, the deputy. I'm hungry. We don't have time for that. Like they—they they haven't started anything. There's not going to be, you know. Why don't you go to the general store and get some jerky or something?
0: Oh no, I'll talk to the deputy with you. And I just kind of shrug. <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: So, uh, yeah, I—I I, I walk in there. Um, what, like, what part of the process is, uh?
1: So Deputy Portnoy has, um, he's got, so he's got all of the miners. They're currently still sitting at the bar. Um, and you don't know where Polly or where the deputy are currently. Um, but they're not in the room and the man in black is also gone. All right. And like I said, you see Andrea, she's on her hands and knees kind of scrubbing at the floor. Mm -hmm.
3: Um, hey, uh. Antria, right?
1: Yes. Uh, how can I help you?
3: <laughs> Have you happened to see where the the deputy went?
1: Yeah, he's uh he's upstairs interrogating my mother. He's been going down the line.
3: Thank you kindly. Anything weird happened while we were gone?
1: No, ev- ev- everything's basically been par for the course.
3: All right. Thank you. And um, I go upstairs to try to find the deputy.
1: Yeah, you um, you head upstairs, and you can hear immediately that uh, that there's a conversation going on in uh one, in the first room in your room, as a matter of fact. Um, they're sitting down on um, on a couple of rickety looking chairs, and Deputy Portnoy looks up at you guys, and he tips his hat and he says, "Igmet, howdy." You guys find what you're looking for?
3: Well, we found some interesting uh, interesting leads. Um, seems about half the town thinks that it's the water or the air. And then uh, some of the town thinks that it's demonic possession from something that was unleashed in the mine there. And um, some seem to think that uh, the, the, pound, the town's uh, rich owner, basically, is... Uh, at the foot of all this so uh yeah we we got some some stuff to to mull over here we're just coming to check and uh see what you have found well Polly basically has told me everything
1: the same thing that you guys have told me um the miners are still in shock I'm a bit suspicious of that that guitar playing man he uh I can't find him I don't know where he went but I came up here to interview one of the miners. Polly ain't got no idea where he went either. Does
3: anybody even know his name?
1: He looks over at Polly and Polly kind of shakes her head.
3: Oh, Awesome. So we got a uh, phantom guitar player and a bunch of people that randomly start killing other people in town.
1: Yeah, I reckon it ain't good.
3: Well, we were just coming to check back in with you. I guess uh, if there's nothing else to, to go on. Um, you know, we're gonna go, uh, I guess, talk to the Fillmore's at this point. Um,
1: I think y'all should go and talk with Ingrid first. That'd be my recommendation.
3: Oh, is she just up at the mansion?
1: Nah, she's down, she's in the she's in the cells at my office.
3: Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll go to do that. Um, by the way, uh, you know, we Hit up with your, your old man there at the gun shop, uh nice guy. Um not not He's a racist
0: too, bastard.
3: Not too great a fan on the orcs, uh, I was gonna say, but um but uh yeah, he did a, a fine job on your your piece that you wear there.
1: Thank you. Igmat, I told you don't pay him no never mind. He's he's stuck in his ways and I've tried to vouch for you on many occasions, and so I, I sincerely apologize from the from the bottom of my heart for whatever he did to you.
0: I uh, thank you kindly and I I take off my hat as a sh- sign of respect.
1: Uh, and he uh he tips his hat to you as well and you know he you mm-hmm. can definitely tell that he's embarrassed but it's his father and right. He 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 would make excuses to the moon and back if he had to, you know what I mean?
0: Uh-huh. I I've been there.
3: So um as we walk back down um uh, downstairs, i'm gonna go over to the uh to the stage area where the the man in black was playing and um I'm just gonna do i guess uh an arcana investigation
1: yeah, why don't you roll me both an arcana and an investigation check
3: all right, they're both the same uh stat um for me, so fifteen plus five uh, twenty rolling a second one too though okay. So I'll do that first one as arcana and um <laughs> 10 for uh, investigation.
1: You n- you definitely can feel that uh you can tell that there was some sort of a magical residue about the area um and you don't think that it was caused by the exploding miner. All right. You you do find um you find a little bit of a black ash that, uh, is just at the base of this stool and a faint sulfur smell.
3: Hmm. Well, that's, uh, interesting. Sulfur. Um, I mean, that's pre- pretty demonic, uh, if you ask me. Um, I'm, I'm just talking to myself, basically. I don't think, uh, Igmit would really give a shit. Um
0: <laughs> uh, can... Can I go outside for a minute, look around, and maybe uh, do a investigation check?
1: Y- yeah, myself? why don't you go ahead and do that for me?
0: All right. Oh, good hell. <sighs> Natural four. And so that's a ten.
1: Okay, so, Falk, while you're inside doing that, you kind of notice that Igma heads out the door. And you can see his head bobbing in and out of view of the windows as he's uh circling around the perimeter of this building. You lose him when he gets to the back because there are no windows um on the first floor um, on the back wall. But Igma, you you're wandering around this building and you find a lot of different tracks and there is hmm. um there's a peculiar a peculiar wet spot back behind the building um that's uh, kind of, like, it's basically along the wall and then down into the dirt. There's just, like, this wet spot and some tracks kind of around it. Hmm. What's this wet spot? Um, Falk, come out here. Falk, roll a perception check for me. Uh, 13 plus
3: one, 14.
1: Okay, so he's around the back of the building. You'd faintly hear something. Do you uh, want to go and investigate or no?
3: Yeah, yeah. I stand up. I kind of uh, dust my hands off from kneeling down on the the stage floor there. And um, then I, you know, just kind of, not with any sort of rush or anything, just walk around, um, kind of looking around to see where he might have called from.
1: Yeah, you go around the side of the building and you see him right around the back and he's um, and he's kind of staring at this wet spot on the ground why don't you make me an intelligence check oh so uh uh,
3: let's see here um, five plus two is seven
1: yeah you you can't quite make out what it is either Um, Igmit do you want to investigate further uh yes I do how do you want to do that
0: I I just I just touch the wet spot and try and uh, smell it.
1: Smells like piss. Oh, like as soon as you do that, you you figure out that uh, you pretty much just tracked somebody that came back here to take a leak, and then stuck oh. your hand in their piss.
0: Damn. Well, this ain't nothing, Falk. It's just somebody <laughs> using the toilet.
3: Oh. <laughs> Great detective, there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> let's get down to <laughs> let's get down to the deputy's office and uh, talk to Ingrid.
1: All righty. Um. So, Tom, what are you doing now? Uh, my next
2: uh my next thing I was gonna do is talk to Ingrid.
1: Okay. So, uh, you would actually see as you're crossing the uh the town square with Boris, you see Falk and uh, and Igmit walking around from behind the Crossing House Tavern and walking towards the deputy's office as well.
2: Okay, Um, I turn to Boris and I say, what do you make of all this?
1: To be honest with you, it's all, it's all real confusing. I mean, where I come from, things like this is not commonplace, but, but it happens from time to time.
2: How are you faring with your situation? I'm doing my best to stay positive. You've been thrown into quite an adventure, I'm afraid. Um, I I think that we should probably ask around and see if anyone has any thoughts
1: about how we might get you back where you came from. I've got I've got faith that uh, that if anyone can figure it out, it's You and folk,
2: I kind of make a visual grimace and say, Well, we'll see what Ernie has in store for us, and then I head into the uh, jail.
1: Okay, um, are you going to take a second to regroup with your party, or are you uh, just because they're a little bit behind you?
2: I thought they were coming here,
1: yeah, they are coming here, but they're you're gonna get there before they do because you're like basically. Approaching the door, as you see them coming out from behind the uh, the Crossing House Tavern.
2: That's fine. I'm just gonna do my thing.
1: All right. So you uh, you walk into this building as uh, as previously described. There uh, there is no glass in any of the windows, but all of the windows are barred. The uh, front door is banded with iron, and there are four jail cells aclo- across the back wall of the room, and in the second one from the left, you see, Ingrid is, uh, is like in the fetal position on her bed, just rocking and crying.
2: It's just the three of us in this building?
1: Yeah, because the deputy is currently over at the Crossing House interviewing, uh, witnesses. Okay. At this very moment, yes, there's only three of you.
2: Okay, just let me know when they get here. I'm gonna go talk to Ingrid.
1: All right, so you approach up to the, uh, up to the cell and she looks up for a second and then goes right back to what she was doing um, which is just sobbing into her arms
2: Do I do I notice keys anywhere?
1: Um, why don't you go and make me a perception check 13 you, you go over to the desk that's to the right of the door and you kind of dig through some of the drawers and things like that and You can't find anything that looks like it would be a key to that cell, just small, small desk drawer keys and maybe keys to a gun cabinet that you see over by, uh, by his little kitchenette and, uh, bedroom area.
2: All right. I walk back to the cell. Pardon me, ma'am. Could you spare a moment?
3: Why do I have a feeling that the music is all of a sudden going to shift, like, really dark and sinister right here?
1: (laughs) What do you want?
2: I just have a few questions regarding... Well, I'm afraid it's regarding recent events.
1: Okay. What what do you want to know? She's very pretty, and young you would guess somewhere around 30 um she's wearing she's wearing a very finely uh a very finely laundered and stitched dress with a floral pattern on it and uh her hair is unkempt and frazzled but you can tell that uh that she bathes regularly until um recently
2: Boris would you mind Running off and seeing if you can grab the keys to this cell from the deputy.
1: Yes, sir. And he uh, immediately heads out the door. And as he's heading out the door, Igmat and uh, Falk
3: both bustle in. Oh, well, uh, well, what do we got here, Tom?
2: She's willing to answer a few questions. Um, I just sent Boros off to fetch the keys to the cell. I have a feeling... We're not in any danger.
3: Yeah, well, uh, do I have, like, are the tips of my fingers still black from the the sulfur on the um, stage?
1: Yeah, you're actually having a hard time wiping it off on your pants. Like, you've been kind of just every once in a while just just wiping your fingertips off on your pants and then looking back down, and the, the blackness just <laughs> stays
3: there. I, I walk right up to Tom and put my fingers right up to his nose
1: what you smell sulfur what are you what are you doing what is that
3: this was on the stage right where your your uh, guitar player was at that you refused to refused to question after all that went down there and now he's gone so thanks for that
2: gone where
3: vanished nobody knows where he went nobody saw him leave he's not there There was this shit on the stage where his stool was.
2: I'd like to do a check to see if I know anything about sulfur.
1: Okay. Uh, Why don't you make me a religion check?
2: Um, 19.
1: So, you know that the smell of sulfur can be associated with demons. You also know that sulfur is used in certain spells. And Falk, you would know that as well. Um, certain arcane spells require sulfur as an implement in order to cast them.
3: Uh, can I do an arcane check to see what spells that might be?
1: Yeah, sure. Ugh. You you can roll an arcana check too if you want, uh, Tom.
3: Yeah, I only got a nine. Seven.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you guys are both having trouble... Um, Figuring, uh, like remembering exactly what spells it is, but you know that that certain transmutations and uh, and also summoning spells require sulfur as a ingredient. I
2: have a bad feeling about that man. We're going to need to uh, do some investigating about where he came from and if any anybody had ever seen him before.
3: Oh, do you think? <sighs> <sighs> Well, uh, Snow, so you swearing about it right now. Um, I, I guess let's talk to Miss Ingrid here. Tom?
2: <laughs> you know, I'm gonna go see how Boris is doing on those keys, and I make my exit.
1: What <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> <Dude. laughs> Um... So you get up immediately after you say that, and uh, then the door opens, and Boris bursts in, puffing <laughs> and puffing, and he says, I've got, I've got the keys. Uh,
2: uh, okay. Hand them over.
1: He rushes over and places them in your hand.
2: I don't know how many there are, but I just start putting them in the lock.
1: There's only four of them. Okay.
0: Hold on, fellers. Hold on. Now, I know Miss Missus Fillmore hasn't meant to do anything wrong, but I think for our safety and the town's safety, if y'all let her out, I I best guard the door.
3: Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: Okay, so I uh, I pull a chair up in front of the the door out of the jail and just sit down and uh, I just place my scattergun across my lap, and I just sit back and let them do their work.
1: Um, Boris goes over and stands next to you, and uh, he also pulls out his scattergun, but he's kind of, like, holding it like a club, and, uh, <laughs> and kind of, like, staring menacingly over at the, uh, over at the um, jail cells.
0: No, 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 you hold it like this. Here, Boris, like this.
1: Well, how how am I supposed to hold it when when I'm not ready to use it?
0: Then you just keep your your finger off the trigger.
1: See, oh. you just you just hold it straight like that. Boris spends the majority of his time embarrassed <laughs> and uh... <laughs> <laughs> And so he kind of just, he readjusts the way that he's holding the scattergun, but uh, definitely seems a lot less confident this time around.
0: Uh, Aw. You'll learn. You'll learn, Boris. Don't worry. Uh, I I enter into the cell and sit on the
2: bench
1: beside her. She's actually sitting on her bed. Would you like to sit there?
2: Wow, fancy cells. Okay. What? There's a bed in the cell as well.
1: Well, it's it's like a it's like a shitty cot oh. more than anything, but yeah. All right, I sit beside her and then I say, um...
3: "I lock the cell behind him once he goes <laughs> in there." <laughs> 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 kind of oh. get my gun ready. <laughs> I
2: just give him. I just give Falk a look.
3: Hey, man, you went in there. Odd flex, but okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there are no words I can say that would comfort you. But I have an idea about some of the things going on. And I know it wasn't you. And I know it wasn't your fault. And I hope, somehow, that you don't blame yourself.
1: I don't... I don't remember doing anything. It just... I I fell asleep and I woke up and was covered in blood. and, And Everett and Evan and Evelyn, they was... She goes She goes back to um, sobbing in her arms. I wait
2: till she simmers down a little bit, and then I say, How long ago was this? A couple of weeks?
1: No, it was maybe a week at most.
2: Up in that big mansion up there? Yeah. Yeah. Was your husband around?
1: No, he was... uh. He was out at the mine. The kids were playing. Uh, the the kids the kids were playing with Rodriguez, and uh, I went and laid down for a spell. And when I woke up, home. Uh, Which,
2: what time? What time of the day did you lay down?
1: Um, noon, maybe. A little bit later. I I don't remember.
2: Does your husband spend much time at the mine?
1: He's he's been spending more and more time there since since Marie started making his life difficult. Marie His his, his first wife.
2: She's here in town.
1: Yeah, she lives on the edge of town.
0: Wow, he's got two.
1: <laughs> Sorry. We know that your Mormon sensibilities are really
3: happy about the fact that uh, <laughs> My Mormon sense he's... is tingling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you you get the sense that he divorced Marie for a, a younger woman.
2: Okay. Uh. What kind of trouble? How long has this been going on?
1: Well, um, Elmer opened up the new general store not that long ago and he he asked his son Lucius um, um, that's Marie's son too he's well Lucius he ain't much younger than I am and he took over the general store and, and Marie hasn't taken too kindly to it her own son she doesn't want him to be in charge of the store she doesn't want him to have anything to do with anything Elmer.
2: What kind of trouble has she been causing?
1: Making scenes at the general store, at the inn, basically anywhere where she can scream and holler loud enough and people gather around and listen. She'll do it. You stay here long enough, you'll see it.
2: Have you spoken to Elmer since the incident?
1: She, uh, looks back down at the the ground, and she shakes her head no.
2: I hate to ask this, and I understand if you can't give me an answer, but what do you remember
1: after falling asleep? I... I woke up, and I was... (sighs) I was holding Evelyn. She was just bleeding everywhere... And I, and I, I dropped her and ran out, and ran out, and, and I, I, I don't know, the next thing that I know, the deputy was, he was leading me down here, and Elmer was yelling at him about something, and I, I, I'm real sorry, sir.
2: You're doing fine. Do you recall how you felt afterwards? Were you tired? Were you exhausted? was your body feeling
1: oh uh, I, w- I was di- I was still tired I guess
2: sore muscles I mean dizziness I, nausea I,
1: she holds up her hands and you can see that um, that like around her her forearms and stuff are are like scratches and claw marks um, from what looked to be a struggle. And she just, uh, shows you that and looks dejected. I look up at Falk.
3: Um, I chime in, um, so, uh, I don't know if anyone's told you this, but, uh, are you aware that you're the only one who's had one of these spells and survived?
1: No, uh, what? What what do you mean?
3: So... Well, uh, no one else that's gone, uh, let's just call it temporarily uh, murderous or uh, really no no good way to describe it. Anyone who's gone crazy with this thing has uh, either died or exploded, except for you. So uh, it's really important to us, to everyone in this town, to know exactly... How you felt before, how you felt maybe during and after, like any sort of weird smells or anything possibly like, uh, why don't
1: you uh, roll me a medicine check, please, Tom, while this is going on. Go ahead, Falk.
3: All right. And, uh, like, you know, possibly, um, you know, uh, an off-putting smell like something burning or like sort of a, a sulfur or a phosphorus, like a very, you know, stony sort of smell you remember anything uh, like that?
2: Only a seven.
3: Even with that... Oh, I'm sorry, can...
2: I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
1: Ten, it was a ten. So with a ten, you can tell that these wounds on her arms are from uh, what you would assume to be a small human trying to defend themselves. And she looks up at you, Falk, and she shakes her head and she says... "I." I want to help you. I really do. I just, I don't remember nothing like that.
3: Any, any sights? Did you see any lights? Any sort of, uh, smoke even? Like, anything that was just weird before you got tired?
1: It was almost like I came out of, almost like I was coming out of a tunnel when I came, came to and saw Evelyn.
2: Ingrid, is there anyone else who lives in the man- mansion?
1: Yeah, there's there's our manservant Rodriguez, um, and then then there's Amabel, the the cook.
2: Do you know if there were any witnesses during your blackout?
1: She kind of like looks off into the into space for a second, as though she's thinking, and says, ah. That'd be a better question for the deputy. They haven't kept me too apprised of what's going on.
3: Uh, another question for you. Uh, at the mansion there, do you guys drink the same water as the well in town?
1: No, we got we got our own private one.
3: And you drink exclusively from there?
1: Yeah, El- Elmer doesn't think that we should we should share share with the rabble as he calls it i don't i'm not like that though like that's not me he's not a bad man he just he's particular you know
2: whereabouts is your well
1: located behind the house
2: do you reckon it draws from the
1: same reservoir as the main well she looks very confused by the question and doesn't really know how to answer it she kind of shrugs her shoulders
3: if you don't know that that that's all right um it's kind of an inside baseball kind of question to ask uh what about um you all said right. that Mar- he's
2: established football and basketball and baseball
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you like that right so uh so uh i, I got to ask though uh these rants that uh marie would go on in town um what kind of things was she, was she saying
1: Things that rile up the townsfolk—I mean, just, just stuff about him being evil and 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 the Fillmore family uh, being a curse upon this town. I mean, she's really got him riled up.
2: In- Ingrid, what do you know about the family feuds between the Fillmores and the? Uh whatever the other family's name was.
3: That would be the Gottfried's there. Which, how do you know about that? <laughs> I
2: learned about it from Pastor Brat...
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, she says, well, Elmer doesn't think that it's good for business with the Imperium to have you know, just elves and and orcs running willy nilly around the town, but but Jethro, he he said that it was about personal freedom, and and if if they ain't done nothing, we can't hold nothing against them.
3: Have you? You mentioned that Elmo would spend a lot of his time up at the mine. Uh, how often did you and the kids go down there?
1: Oh, almost never. I I haven't been there since I was. Pregnant with Everett. And she tears kind of well up in her eyes for a second, but she kind of sniffs them away and composes herself.
2: Do you come into contact with the miners much?
1: Not a whole bunch. I mean, sometimes when I head to the general store for stuff, I'll run into a couple and, you know, they tip their hats and they're mighty polite, but they don't say much.
2: Have you ever seen anything like this black sulfur. And I motion to
1: Falk's hands. I lift him up. She squints a little bit and uh, says, I don't think so.
2: You've never seen it on the miners or the people in town.
1: The miners, they're usually covered in more of like a brown dirt.
2: Do you recall anything, any sort of change in the town before the incidents occurred? um perhaps somebody new came into town perhaps some strange happenings in the mine perhaps some strange thing found in the water anything at all
1: there there was them rock guts that came and told Elmer that they couldn't they couldn't open up the new mine shaft that that they found but they're saying something about a burial ground or or something but I mean, other than that... Do I know what a rock gut is? (laughs) It's a tribe of orcs.
0: Okay.
3: Uh, what about, uh... Do you know Kellen Winslow personally? I did. Um, he, uh...
1: He and his family own the stables uh, across from the cemetery.
3: Did you come into contact with Kellen like before his situation with jethro godfried
1: i brought my horse down there to to have um have its mane and and tail washed and braided i mean we shook we shook hands does, does that matter should i have not should i not have done that
3: we don't know yet but uh that does establish a connection between two people that that have gone through this uh similar instance um What about the names, uh, Upton, Jones, and, and, uh, Mickelson, um, do do, do those ring a bell to you?
1: Oh, yeah, the Jones boy and Bertie. They, uh, yeah, I heard about that. They, they just barred off the house after that happened. Ain't letting nobody in there.
3: And, uh, had you come into contact with them in the last, uh, couple of weeks since this started happening?
1: Not that I can recall. Um, I mean, I go, I go over to Upton's parents from time to time to bring them a, a nice hot meal that that you know uh, Emma prepared. But they're they're getting up there, and and Upton's so busy with that girl, or was he was so busy with that girl that you know I just wanted to make sure somebody was looking out for him.
2: One more important question for you before I go, and I lean in and try to talk quietly enough that no one else can hear.
3: I'm rolling a perception. (laughs) Natural fucking 20. (laughs) (laughs) First one in weeks.
2: I lean in close and say, in your honest opinion, as a woman, what do you think of my outfit?
1: Oh, fucking Christ. <laughs> you hear exactly what Tom says, and she looks at you, Tom, and her eyes get wide for a second, and she goes, I mean, I mean, it's it's a bit garish, but it's fine.
2: I go extremely awkward looking, and I kind of pull my arms in tight and scoot away from her a little bit and say, <laughs> Okay, thank you.
3: I cannot even fucking look at him right now (laughs) like like my jaw drops and my eyes like roll so hard and I have to like push my jaw back up into my skull (laughs) I
2: I rigidly stand up and head towards the cell door uh,
3: yeah I walk away and I haven't unlocked the cell door yet (laughs) I go to leave (laughs) Holy
2: shit. Oh, oh. Falk, would you mind just the door real quick? Just, I need just to uh, get out. I, uh...
3: <laughs> I, I turn around and I just throw the keys towards the bottom of the, the cell door there to where he has to grab them I, himself.
2: I get down on all fours and try to fumble through the bars to see if I can reach him.
3: <laughs> all right, why don't
1: you uh, roll me a dexterity check? <laughs> um... I only got a seven. So, you. Stick your arm out all the way to the shoulder and you try to use your middle finger to sort of sort of jostle the keys a little bit closer so you can grasp your hand around it, but you inadvertently push them further away. And so now you're just like trying your damnedest to to extend all of like your joints as far as they'll possibly go so that you can get this, but it's just barely out of your reach. As and, I'm reaching uh,
2: As I'm reaching, uh, I bump my head against the bars and my hat falls off and I
1: panic and (laughs) pull my arm back. (laughs) Your arm kind of gets stuck in the bars for a second (laughs) and Boris immediately rushes over and uh, grabs the keys off the ground and starts unlocking the door and says, a a cruel trick, master, a cruel trick.
2: I try to main, re, regain composure and dignity <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> just calmly walk out of the cell and tip my hat to the woman. <laughs> she uh, just goes back to to her fetal position. So yeah, what do you guys want to do? You're in the middle of the deputy's office. and uh...
0: So y'all want me to take you over to the man- mansion?
3: Yeah, uh, you guys do that. I'm going to walk over to the stables real quick. see See what's there, if any of the other... Winslow people are running it now that Kellen is uh yeah
0: alrighty well I probably could have said
3: that sentence smoother but um I'm still (laughs) reeling from that horrible fucking question that Tom asked
0: that was pretty bad which
2: question was that
3: get the fuck out of here Tom just (laughs) go and do your job please
0: I turn and walk away Uh, so uh And, uh, I get Boris and, uh, I start walking, showing the boys, uh, to the, to the Fillmore mansion.
1: All right, perfect. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll deal with, uh, with Falk wandering down the, uh, the main thoroughfare heading south towards the Winslow stables. This is, aside from, aside from the mansion, the inn and the bank, this is one of the biggest uh buildings in town there's a large barn behind it too complete with uh with a huge um square maybe rectangular uh shaped uh area that's fenced in around the barn and uh then there's <clears throat> and then there's a uh a, basically like a wooden awning with a uh with like a countertop and uh, there's a a mid fifties woman in a dress behind the counter, and uh a young man, maybe fifteen or so is uh is leaning on the counter and they're talking to each other. They look kind of similar to each other
3: all right um, I-, I walk up to so one of them sort of, you know, like um, brush my clothes off and, and stuff, like make a quick, like, sort of presentable appearance sort of thing again, and um, so uh, I walk up and I'm like, uh, hey guys, uh, I'm obviously uh, visiting in town, and um, uh, one question first off, uh, there wouldn't happen to be any you know, just mules that have Sauntered into town without their riders, but had some stuff on them. What well, there?
1: I really want to show you a picture of this natural one that I just rolled.
3: Oh, I wow. Oh, my <laughs> <wow>. oh, <laughs> So does that mean oh. good for me, or like, what does that mean?
1: <laughs> that means I'm gonna roll again. High or low? Uh, I'll go uh low. She um looks at you and goes yeah actually we had we had three um track caught him mm, maybe last night
3: thank you want to come Ernie. take a look at him oh yes please <laughs> alright and no, 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 so- uh
1: <laughs> she nods over at track who is the young man who's leaning up against the counter and uh he's really tall just very young looking uh-huh. um and, uh, you can tell that he he works a hard trade, because he's he's, uh you can see the wiry muscle under his shirt, and he takes you to the to the barn and you see your three mules with all of your equipment on it.
3: That is uh, lovely. Uh, yeah, basically we're attacked by orcs coming up into town, out of uh um, Kensington and uh we are able to fend off the, the orc attack thanks to our, our you know, buddy Igmit. Um, I'm sure you know who that is. Not a whole bunch of half orcs running around town. Um, I do. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, he, he saved our lives, but unfortunately was not able to save us from losing our pack mules. And um, yeah, that would be uh, mine right there with the, the coat and the provisions and the, the raccoon skin cap. He, uh, he just opens up the um,
1: what the pen? What would you call it, Wesley?
0: Uh, yeah, pen, or maybe they're in stalls or corral.
1: Yeah, yeah, a stall. That's a good way to put it. He opens up the stall and kind of motions like, "Be my guest."
3: Oh, thank you. Um, hey, uh, what do I owe you for for having them here, um, and for for you know keeping them safe for me? It ain't no never mind.
1: Don't sweat well, I got to pay you stranger. something because I'm
3: definitely not taking them out with me. I just want to get my stuff.
1: <laughs> How's 10 silver sound?
3: That sounds fantastic. Um, so I hand him the 10 silver and then, um, so um, a lot of weird stuff's going on in town. I've come to find out. Um, I'm sure you well know. Uh, what all do you know? I know that the lies people been telling about Paul.
1: They've been pretty hard to deal with.
3: I'm sure. Did you happen to look through the stuff that you found that uh, that that was on the mules?
1: No. Really? Didn't think too much of it. Brought it <laughs> back here. Go ahead and roll me a sense motive.
3: Uh, so um, what would that be? Insight? Uh, yeah, insight. Sorry. Okay, so like a 14. 10 plus 4.
1: He is definitely lying. Okay. You you get you get like as soon as you start digging through your stuff, none of it is where you left it. Um also mainly, none of it is missing.
3: Uh, yeah, mainly what I was asking is that like my FIA badge would have been in my coat and so I'm sure that he knows that I'm in the FIA.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he 100% knows.
3: Yeah. Okay. So um So yeah, like buddy I know you probably know that I'm an FIA agent, so let's go ahead and skip past that, um, not make anything, you know, coded and godforsaken nuance or anything. So, uh, y- your father, I'm guessing, was, uh, Kellen Winslow? He was.
1: And I ain't gonna tell nobody if you don't want me to. I ain't got no reason to.
3: Oh, oh, fair. Yeah, um, of course, um... You know, I, I'm obviously we're here to try to, you know, stop people from dying every three days and, uh, I'll level with you. We just had another guy get killed in the, in the chow house in the inn um, just earlier this morning. And, um, the guy that killed him fucking blew up, uh, when we shot him a couple times. Um, and, uh. And I I really don't mean any disrespect to ask you was, did uh, something similar happen with your father when the incident occurred with him?
1: They ain't found him.
3: Oh, they never found him?
1: No. Nope. They found Jethro. They found a trail. Couldn't lead him nowhere.
3: And so, uh... Well, well, what sort of evidence did they even find uh, against your father? Are, are we sure that he's the one who did it what do you think we,
1: we ain't sure but ingrid claims she saw him leaving town with pa so now she's a murderer i feel like we can't take her word for shit
3: yeah i understand that so uh jeffro and your pa will leave in town together
1: sometimes they went hunting Sometimes Jethro found horses that Paul might want to break, wild ones. They was free. So they were real
3: close. Okay. Paul
1: wouldn't have killed Jethro, tell you, there's no way.
3: All right. uh, uh, um, Was your pa acting any sort of out of sorts in the the days or maybe hours leading up to the last time you saw him?
1: Not that I can think of. Um, Why don't you go ahead and roll me a perception check? Uh, 11. All right. So, um, you're, you're kind of talking to track and you notice that he, he's forthcoming with information, but he's very, very terse with the way that he talks and he didn't seem distracted. And then he looks over, um, out the, the entrance to the barn and starts to squint and, uh, and stare hard at something but you can't quite make it
3: out okay Um, and just so you know I have the alert feet so if anything's gonna surprise me I'm never surprised Um, and I don't grant advantage uh, against uh, hidden creatures good to know okay and so um, this is a weird question mister you see that over there Uh, I, I, kind of saw you look at something, but I, I didn't really catch anything. Why? What do you think it is?
1: I think there's someone walking out through the desert. We might want to go investigate it. And he, uh, grabs, there's a, there's a rifle that's on a, on a couple of hooks next to the door of the barn and he grabs it and kind of waves you on.
3: All right. And I, uh, grab mine. Um, if it's no, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, how about we walk side by side? How about that? Um, if you don't mind, you know, uh, I'm sure you understand. Yeah, he nods, and uh,
1: okay. And you guys, uh, you guys start making your way through the fenced in area, and as you get closer to the uh, to the edge of the fencing, and as you head further south, you start to make out somebody in the distance as well, and. They're walking in a very ragged manner and uh it looks as though maybe they're they're limping and you see them sort of stagger for a second and then fall over face down. And they're probably you would guess that they're probably a half a mile away at this point.
3: Alright, well, um I kinda of pat uh Track on the shoulder and I um I Put my, my gun away. I'm like, let's go help him. And uh, yeah, and uh, I, I start immediately sprints with you. Yeah,
1: you guys get out when you guys get closer. You can see that the man is dressed in in buckskins that have been that have been tattered and torn, and there's large wrens through it, and it's all just covered in blood. But you're having trouble making out an age or anything like that under all of the dust and grime and stuff like that, and he's currently face down.
3: Like, once we get close to, like, them or whatever, I'm like, all right, Trek, um, don't touch him yet. We don't know what's going on here. And, um, I kind of, um, pull my weapon out, but I, like, keep one empty, you know, my left hand empty to get close, and, um, you know, I kind of get around to try to see if I can see a face on the, you know, whichever way the face is like laying on the ground.
1: Yeah, so you, uh, so Trek basically, he's got his, he's got his rifle up at his shoulder and he's got it pointed down at the ground and he's down at the ground kind of in front of where this body is. And so he's ready and you're, sir, and you sort of circling around to the left so that you can try and get a look at, uh, this guy's face and uh as you move your way around you see a not a bearded man but a man who hasn't shaved in maybe five six days so there's some heavy scruff on his face there's a lot of dried blood caked around his uh around his beard area and and eyes and such and uh he's kind of swarthy looking but you're not sure if that's just grime
3: can, can i into it um if he's like actually passed out all the way or um
1: yeah why don't you go ahead and make me a perception check
3: all right not good 6 he looks passed out enough for me <laughs> yeah you're pretty positive he's passed out all right um i i look at track and i kind of um motion with my hand uh my empty hand to kind of come around to see you know the face and um i i kind of just lowly um ask him uh recognize him he
1: uh he circles around and he's still got his rifle trained on the ground in front of this uh in front of this body and when he gets into view, you see him kind of squint for a second and he looks at you and he says, holy shit, that's my paw.
2: For more LCP D&D, you can follow us by searching for LCP D&D on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The podcast is also available by searching for LCP DND on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, Castbox, and Spotify. You can follow Chris Riley, aka Falks Mulder, on Twitter at chrisriley_lcp. You can follow me, Brian Bridges, aka Tom Deweese, on Twitter at manlybrian and on Instagram Brian_Bridges. You can follow Tim Demuse, aka our beloved GM, on Twitter at idagrabyourgun, and you can follow Wesley Sullivan, aka Igmet Yazi, on Twitter. At Wide Wide West. Thanks for joining us on our adventure. We'll see you on the next episode.